Chime in, anytime. <laughs> oh no, I'm enjoying this far too much. Haven't you ever seen a rare hairless Wookiee before? Oh. Always remember I am here. Always remember I am Not a Wookiee. Hello there, and welcome to episode 11 of Distant Echoes, a Star Wars podcast where we travel through the galaxy, the galaxy, the galaxy, <laughs> watching, <laughs> watching each episode of every Star Wars TV series. Today we're talking episodes three and four of Disney Plus's series, The Book of Boba Fett, and I am your host, Tommy. And I'm your other host, a little baby Wankle who's never opened their eyes. And oh, oh, I open my eyes and I see Tommy and he, I love him. <laughs> Didn't you love that? I did. No, that was so... <laughs> I guess you're imprinted now. I'm imprinted. That's Ooh. a little creepy. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> uh, also known as Cassie. Um, and yeah, today we're talking episodes three and four of... Of uh of the book of Boba Fett, I can't talk right now. Uh, but We've yeah, we've done this in the morning, and that's what we're doing. I feel like our voices sound different too. Very very morning voice. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's Cassie. We're in the the galaxy with our morning voice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So Cassie, why don't you take us through the description of episode three? Yes, so chapter three is the streets of Mos Espa. Uh, the official Disney Plus description is Boba Fett must deal with two very different threats. Distinct different. Period. Chapter Distinct three, different periods. <laughs> chapter three is the gathering storm. Sorry, chapter four. The official description is Boba Fett partners with Fennec Shand. Which... He's done. Wait for four? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's. I think it's because this is the episode that's the backstory of mm-hmm. how he met her. So that's why. Gotcha. That is why that is. I know you read it and you're like, hasn't he been with her this whole time? Yeah. Um. So it's a little weird, but uh, we do have a few new cast members that come on. Uh, it's kind of I was kind of bummed because I couldn't. I was trying to find the little droids that show up in this episode, but they're not credited anywhere, which sucks. Um, or at least what I could find. And they have different names based on what sources you're looking at. So I'll go into that a little bit. But some of the main players that we see in these next two episodes, uh, Sophie Thatcher is Dratch. She's like the main kid of the like... uh, Techno Street. Yeah, the Techno Street modern gang. Yeah. Uh, She's in Prospect, Yellow Jackets, and Chicago PD. I've not... God, everybody is talking about Yellow Jackets. I've not... Yeah. It's like one of those Twitter shows. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've never heard of it before, but actually. I've never, I've never watched. I think it's. I just on... thought of our college mascot. Yeah, that's what <laughs> so I, I always think, I think of, of too. too. But that's cool. I didn't realize she was in that. Mm-hmm. And then Jordan Bulger as Scad, who is the um, other modern street gang who had the cool eye, like spyglass eyeball okay. eye patch. Uh, he's been an eye boy and Peaky Blinders, which I'm vaguely okay. familiar with as well. Um, Carrie Jones. I didn't um, credit them last episode, so I just wanted to make sure I did that. Uh, is Black Kersantan. 
Uh, and also what I thought was interesting about Carrie Jones is uh, he's actually a, like a huge SFX makeup like artist. Oh, that's and awesome. He's been on, uh, he's helped with, he's been the makeup department head for creep show, Lovecraft country, mayor of Easttown and walking dead. So like some really huge yeah. makeup SFX. And it'd be interesting to know if he actually helped with her Santin. I mean, I'm sure they've kind of got the Wookiee, you know, thing down pat at this point. Cause you know, but still, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, Danny Trejo is the Rancor Keeper. Yeah, that <laughs> I was... didn't even put any credits down for that. Um, that was I didn't. I was like, holy shit, what? Okay, <laughs> um, he was great. Uh, Stephen Root was Lortha Peel, another one that we were really excited about. Well, Tommy, I didn't recognize him, but I instantly recognized his voice. And Tommy was like, "You know who that is?" And I was like, "It sounds really familiar." It's What's his name? King of the Hill. Bill Dotree. Bill Dotree. Yeah. So that's he's... really cool. And then he's in Office Space and Dodgeball. Yeah. And, you know, everybody knows him. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like he's one of those pretty, pretty recognizable. What's funny is like, I feel like a lot of his characters, I mean, one, I, I, I knew him and know him first from King of the Hill, obviously, yeah. but it, like in dodgeball, like you immediately are like, you kind of have that sensation of like, oh, he's really familiar. Yeah. Uh, and then you realize, oh, he was also in office space, like because then now you're seeing his face. Yeah. But I feel like he's he's one of those character actors that, and maybe it's just me, but I always feel like I I immediately don't. It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to describe. Like you 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 kind of have that like familiar. Yeah, you know who he is. Yeah. And you can't like put your finger on it immediately. Um, that's so cool. He was great. He was yeah. Good. He so, played such an asshole character, but he was. I mean, that's the point: is that if you start to really hate someone's character because of the way they're playing it, it usually means they're really good. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, and then Phil Lamar is the Clatuinian boss. So that now that's in episode four. Yes. So but, I'm just doing. I'm yeah, just everybody. doing a grouping. Um. Because we. I'm pretty sure we see a lot of the same. The, yeah, cl- yeah. The the Clatuinian boss like in, which and then Barry Lowen as. Garfalaquox? <laughs> I don't know how to say that. I'm sorry. Um, I usually try my hardest to pronounce words, but that's not a real word. So, so that's cool. So he <laughs> was, um, so he was a double for Din Djarin in The Mandalorian. Oh, um, cool. I think there might have been multiple, but um, it's really cool to that they got kind of play there as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they've been in other stuff. One thing I did want to say: so Phil Lamar, obviously, like super prolific. Yeah. Actor and voice actor. Mm-hmm. Phil Lamar had a number of roles in The Clone Wars, um, did a number of voices in The Clone Wars TV series. And so I think it's cool that this is, I, I could be wrong. I don't think Phil Lamar's been in any of the movies, but I think this might be Phil Lamar's first like live action debut, oh, cool. which is really cool. Um, and so I was, I was really excited. As soon as I heard his voice, uh, I was like, that's Phil Lamar. <laughs> I knew it right off the bat. He just has, again, kind of very similar to Stephen Root, has very much a, like, just familiar, mm-hmm. just fam- familiar voice, especially because I feel like now Phil Lamar's done more voice acting. I mean, he's done, you know, animated series. Uh, I know he was in, uh, I can't remember exactly which Justice League series, but one of, the, like, the animated DC series um, playing one of the characters i can't quite remember <laughs> but i know he was in it and i watched yeah, all yeah. of that and he was great in that and like he's again he just is one of those voices that like always recognize although i will say he did i did kind of question it at first in this episode because he's in full makeup right like mm-hmm. you can't you tell can't it's, yeah. it's him i did want to also call out i saw that once again robert rodriguez 
was a character yeah, as the Trandoshan. well. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, he's playing the same. He's playing the Trandoshan kind of crime lord. So he's yeah. So he was a Trandoshan before, but it wasn't the same Trandoshan, was it? Or is it the uh, same? I think it is. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Did not realize that. So that's yeah, pretty because cool. There's like the three, which is the first thing that I was going to get into. So um, we have all these different races pretty prominent in this in this episode and also Mm -hmm. this whole series because one of the first kind of things that comes into the plot here is that we find out that you know after java dies there was a power vacuum and bid bid fortuna took over and he kind of whether he wanted to or not permitted these gangs to take over and claim different territories. And so there's the Trandoshans, the Aqualish, and the Klanduinians. Mm-hmm. Um, and the three of them have been paying money and kind of lining the pockets of the mayor this whole time. And so Boba kind of realizes that he's going to have to get them all to somehow, you know, pay loyalty to him just like they did Bib Fortuna, which they don't currently. Really quick. This yeah. is just a small aside, and I'll, I'll just feel... I'll feel terrible if I don't bring this up because I know how much you love um, Max Rebo. No, <laughs> oh, yes, uh, you love Knights of the Old Republic. So Phil Lamar uh, voiced Riken or Ricken or I. I I sadly I have to look at the face. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember that guy. Um, in uh, in in Kotor. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. Also, well, I think it was last episode we were talking about. <laughs> And now I kept like repeating the Thorian voice yes. thing. And then you sat, you found a video of it. And, and it, it was, was the exactly. Exact thing. I'm telling you, like it just was implanted in my brain. Like they use the same three clips for yeah. any of the alien voices. Uh, even the Twi'leks. There were a lot of Twi'leks who spoke their native language, which you never hear in anything recently. Yeah. Um, uh, also, uh, just because I have it up, he was John Stewart. And Justice League and Justice League Unlimited also voiced Jack uh, and other characters in Samurai Jack. He oh, was also nice. Hermes Conrad. So, it, like again, I mean, I'm not going to go through his whole prolific career. Oh, and he was Kit Fisto, too. That's oh, who, damn. That's well, who he voiced in uh, amongst other that's awesome. characters. Uh, I mean, I don't know anything about Marvel's or Justice. That's not Marvel. That's DC. Yeah, I don't see. Cool. I don't know anything about it. So, I mean, he I, I will say. This is not what this podcast is about, but the, that show, those two shows are like fucking phenomenal. Um, I don't think you have to state that this show, that's not what this show, if anyone wasn't aware, this is not a DC podcast. I mean, sometimes- If you've been watching this whole, if you've been listening this whole time and think you've been listening to a DC podcast, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Don't know what to say. Hello there. But we've definitely distinctly told you now, so you can stop listening now. Um, sorry, I just took us down a complete sidetrack, which is care. what this, that's what this podcast is about, is just getting sidetracked. Yeah, we don't care. Um, <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I just, again, I wanted to just, I, just because Phil Lamar is, I love Phil Lamar, I just wanted to shout him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's cool. So yeah, uh, kind of ro- going back in into the storyline, kind of where we go into this chapter three, um, we just get some backstory, like I said, about the different gangs and what's been going on since Boba Fett was, you know taken you know rose from the dead of the sarlacc pit and then the next kind of scene that we get into where i think some really cool stuff happens is lorth appeal comes in because the droid his uh his droid has been telling him this whole story about what happened in his throne room 
Um, and then he says, oh, you have, you know, you have someone that wants to come in and speak to you. And that's when Lorth Appeal, the water, the moisture, I guess he's a moisture farmer, but not really. Well, I guess he doesn't moisture Yeah, farm. I think he's, he's like. He's kind of the in-between. Like yeah. the, the water business is very specific and obviously, ne- I guess, necessary in Tatooine because the water is almost completely gone. Uh, I don't know if I'd say it's necessary. But no, I don't mean his. Yeah, no, it should not be necessary that people are profiting from something that everyone actually needs to survive. No, but I guess I mean to them, they believe that this structure is something they have to have, Um, which it is not, obviously, because this guy's job is stupid. Yeah, Um, he's essentially I mean, it's 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 very much a commentary on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> capitalism. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a it's a commentary on capitalism, and it's like, you have the moisture farmers who then give their moisture, <laughs> weird, uh, <laughs> to... Have my moisture. What if they were just, like, draining moisture from people's faces? They could be. We actually never we don't know where they, happen. They, I don't know if we've ever actually... We probably have seen the actual functionality of a moisture farm at well, some point. Luke's... Uncle is a moisture farmer. No, I know, I know, but we don't see like how they do it. You don't it. see, yeah, you yeah. don't see him going. You don't see out. him out tending yeah. the moisture fields. Like it's true. At least I don't recall that. I feel now. I feel like someone's gonna be like, "Oh, yes, you do," but I'm like, I don't think you ever do. I mean, I'm sure there's. I, I'm positive it's explained somewhere. There's so yes. much lore. If blue like, milk is explained, then I feel like water needs to be explained. <laughs> if, <laughs> if blue milk has been explained more extensively than water, someone needs to stop us. We yeah. need someone. Why to, to stop? What we're talking about very important <laughs> things. So if we just need someone to come in and say you're going off track. No. No, we're not. You're talking about water. I, it's very important. No, it is. It is. And, and and I will say too. I I we're gonna give our thoughts on the episodes, but it is. <laughs> why are you laughing? Are we? Oh, eventually. <laughs> um, I really liked that aspect of this episode, and and there's a lot about this episode that we'll again we'll get into that like doesn't really hit well for everyone, but I really liked the how the moisture farm piece played out and it also was a really cool well we'll get into it but it gives a really cool another spin for boba fett of like his let's let's go ahead and get into it i mean the next part that happens one of the next the biggest section next i guess is that he's recruiting these speeder bike gang of these like modded kids well he's supposed he's supposed to be chasing them off right yeah but but he doesn't yeah that's the whole thing is that he goes to them and they're like they haven't been paying us they're you know they're and they're making us pay for water and also there's no jobs there's no jobs so it's like there's no you have to pay for water they can't get money yeah so what what else are they supposed to do classic you know yeah and of course the kids are seen as the threat the kids are seen as these weird looking kids are seen as the um, enemy here but the guy who has tons of money who's literally selling people water is the good guy and boba fett clearly is like no your logic makes sense like just come work for me. And then he tells the other guy off and the guy's clearly been listening to the whole thing. And he's like, no, you're going to actually cut your prices and give them a fair price, you know? So Boba Fett knows what the fuck he's doing. Also, he probably has, you know, ingrained in him. Like, yeah, I mean, he kills people for profit. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. he kind of gets how it is, but he also lived with the Tusken Raiders who had to drink out black melons and didn't have water. Like he gets it. So I, yeah, I enjoyed that part too. I will say, if we're going to go ahead and go into it, when I very, when, when they're very first introduced, I thought it was really cool 
I was like, whoa, their speeder bikes are super shiny. They look like motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, that's actually kind of neat because we don't ever see teenagers in mainstream Star Wars stuff. Like, we see little kids and we see adults. And, you know, the style is definitely different. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it threw me off and it began to throw me off to a point where I was like, okay, I don't really like this. Um, to be honest, like in my my opinion. Sure. Because I was like, it just feels really out of place given the fact that, you know, the kids are like wearing robes and like clothes that are kind of weird, you know, more rustic looking. And the adults are wearing, you know, stuff that's more rustic looking. Not even like older adults, but like the, you know, the, the cool like adult Twi'leks in the club and stuff like that aren't wearing... But I guess, you know, that's kind of what teenagers are like in real life, too. Yeah. They wear different outfits and wear weird things that people don't understand. And so maybe that's the whole thing is that I don't like it because it's different. And that's weird because I grew up being different. And maybe I should just shut up. <laughs> so CGI-wise, there was some weird shit that I so, did not like. Yeah. I- that was probably the biggest thing. I don't really think I cared about the style because I thought the modding was cool. Like, yeah, kids like like body modification that's like one way that you can change like change yourself and be different from people and like that's what they do and like yeah they're in space and they are they have access to technology so of course they're gonna do that so that was really neat that didn't bother me it, it was a little jarring to hear their like techno music and still people <laughs> listen to max rebo it's just like do 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 like it's just a weird contrast again that might be a stylistic thing is like yeah well kids have their own like style and music and people don't usually understand it or are you know what i mean and so that might be the whole commentary but i think the cgi thing which we'll get into a little bit later because i want to hear your thoughts on them Mm -hmm. was a big thing that i had a problem with so i think it's very real The, the the entirety of their their kind of group right it does feel jarring like i think that i think you're right i think that some of the some of the cgi later on just didn't feel great there's a couple. I have a couple of thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. One, I don't mind the speeder bikes. I don't mind the cleanliness of it. I think, well, really, they were like mopeds. <laughs> like, let's be yeah. real. They were legitimately just mopeds. I, I think that that speaks to a couple of different things, right? I think you hit on, you hit on one of them, right? Of like the changing of the times. Like that's like this is like a new style kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The, think about like growing up as like a child on Tatooine like everything's gray everything's brown and gray and like dusty and dirty and old and like so and then when you get to a point right where you you become essentially like an adolescent or like a late teen and then into your early adulthood and there's nothing really for you to do like you're under the empire's thumb Mm -hmm. then like the 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 you know the rebellion happens and like things change hands again it's like all this stuff is happening around you like what is what is there for you to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? So like you sit around and clean your bike all you day. You sit around and clean your fucking bike. That's like, why it's so clean. Yeah. And so that's <laughs> one of the things that like a lot of people had problems with was like, why is it so clean and why is it so shiny? You don't see other shiny shit on on yeah, tattooing. And me. it's like people be- clean their cars, like Right, exactly. It's like we have two cars in our driveway right now. Like, it just snowed where we live. It snowed it's actually snowed a couple of times, but like one of our cars is clean. One of our cars is dirty. Like, it doesn't, that doesn't, like, you know, like, that doesn't mean anything, no. right? Like, 
I know that like some of the the issue is like with the colors and stuff like that, and it does really pop and it really stands out. But it's again, to. I think yeah, it's supposed to. I think that that's that's kind of their way of expressing themselves. I also think that there's probably like a subtle commentary too on just a lot of the discussions about new Star Wars and like the Disney Star Wars movies and how they kind of are really shiny and new and they don't nest like a lot of people this is not me saying this but like people think that like they don't necessarily feel like the older Star Wars movies and stuff like that and I think that that's kind of like a I think that there might be a commentary there of just being like Mm -hmm. well that happens like time passes on things change mm-hmm. like you know what i mean um now if we want to get down to like the nitty-gritty on the execution of it i do kind of i feel kind of like you where like some of the cgi and like the chase sequence kind of felt very so we haven't even talked about this but in the story right like they go uh that's but, the next that's the next physical that's the next timeline thing right. that happens so if we're gonna like very quickly, because we don't have to... Well, yeah, yeah. we can get a little bit into it. But basically, the next thing that happens is Boba has another flashback. Um, he goes to get his money from the Pikes for protection after he kind of threw them off of the Tuscan land. And the Pikes are like, actually, we only pay protection to one person. Like, we've already paid our protection tithe. And he's like, what? And this is a this is a flashback. Yes. Yep. And the Kinton Striders have already claimed it. Um, and he goes back to the Tuscans to tell them about that. And that's when we see that the whole... Tuscan village has been yeah to the ground which was so devastating and I think because we got to spend so much time with them and we know that there are children and they're his family basically and I think that really made a huge impact on him yeah I mean, he can he's consistently having these he obviously adored his father right mm-hmm. he's having these flashbacks about his father and constantly like every night he's thinking about his damn father and now his the only other family he's ever had is gone so like obviously this is you don't really see how it affects him emotionally he's very emotionally like reserved Mm -hmm. um but he pays homage to them and he burns their gaffy sticks and stuff and burns their bodies and clearly clearly that's something that is he's doing to honor them but that's the next flashback we have, which is huge. Yeah. Um, sorry to just turn. I was like, no. like, oh, let's no. skip over this. And then I was like, well, yeah, all the Tuscan Raiders actually just died, so that might be kind of a a big thing. Yeah. But the the the, the that that flashback is it, it's funny because, and I, I'll, I'll try to save most of this for when we just do like overall thoughts on the episode. But like, it's funny how much is packed into this episode. Yes. Almost kind of to the detriment of this episode because like. We've gotten the, the the length of the flashbacks have been have varied. Yes, so much, right? Like, and, and I actually got confused sometimes yeah. as to what like what was present and what was past. Right. I was like, wait, were the Pikes in the past? Are they currently the ones that are fighting them? Like, and I'm sure both. that's yeah, yeah, and that's why it's confusing. I mean, there's a reason why we're seeing them in the past because we have to understand why they're a problem right now, but. That's what's confusing. Yeah. But but no, this flashback sequence obviously like it's it sets up a moment in the the next episode which we'll talk about, but also it's just very it is very sad because like it, it's sad on a multiple levels because one we talked a lot about how like oh, we're so glad that like the Tuscan Raiders, the Tuscan people are getting like their agency back in these episodes and stuff like that and I had this like hope like 
the Tuscan would be like some of the people who would help. And maybe they still will. Like, we don't yeah. know that, like, we don't know who survived and Someone might have survived. He never ex- said anything. Yeah. Or... But, like, it, so it's sad on that level where it's like, man, we were just getting, like, a really good look at the Tuscan people only to have them just, like, obliterated. Yeah. Which, I mean, again, if you want to talk about, like, social commentary and stuff like that, like, there's there's a lot kind of packed in there as well but it is just one of those things where it was like man i was really hoping for more of the redemption from a story perspective of the tuscan people now i will say that within the story i do think that they got their their redemption like and we do get just like this nice this really nice look at them but it really it really bummed me out like that they just kind of like like in in story but also out that they just like burned their village to the ground I, I I think we even said something like that in the first episode. We're like, we hope they just don't get like yeah. plowed over. And of course they did. We also said it is, we also said in the first episode uh, that uh, well, Bubba won't, probably won't have a rancor because he doesn't rule with fear. And then he <laughs> gets a rancor. Well, you know what? I don't care. I, I have a lot to say yeah, about that moment yeah, yeah, yeah. too. Um, so anyway, yes, that horrible thing happens, and then we go back to the present, and before we have the whole chase scene, actually, um, the next thing that happens is Black, Black Chrysanthemum is actually... He rips him out of the fucking... He, he rips Boba Fett out of the back to chamber. Like, he, that's how he wakes up from yeah, that vision. Yeah, it was amazing. Which is, like, this this really cool but also weird juxtaposition. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Black Chrysanthemum is showing his badass self. Uh, the kids come out and try to fight him, and I was I was honestly glad that the kids could not contain him because I was gonna be mad. I was like, okay, I get it. The kids are cool, but like they're not badass. They're just kids. Like they they cannot take over this gladiator warrior. They tried really hard, and they had really cool weapons. We see some like laser whips and stuff, um, but of course, Fennec is the one that throws him into the pit and gets him down yeah. there. Which is great. Yeah, it is. Um, it is this really interesting because, like, we had a we were talking about this the other day, where, you know, it was like, oh, they gave these kids like the you know they they beat up Black Chrysanthemum. And it was like they didn't. They were getting their shit handed to them until Fennec like showed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it really took like all of them to overpower like this fucking just incredible fighting machine we're just obsessed with that him. is we're in love Black Chrysanthemum. He's so amazing. And I, so that's why I was really disappointed when the twins show up and they're like, oh, you can have him. And I was like, oh, yes. And then he frees him and then he just looks and he's like, oh, shit. And he, he just, just like he trots like, away. He has, he, it's, it's this very funny moment of like. It's so weird. He looks so confused because he's like, I don't know what to do now. And it's. And we, well, that's part of Wookiee culture is that like. That enslavement. A lot Ooh. of them are used to being enslaved, and it's really sad. And the fact that they are, if someone, I don't know, and I, I haven't read the comics, but from what I very briefly skimmed about Black Kersantan is he didn't really prescribe to a lot of Wookiee um, as far as, like, tenets of their faith and their, like, um, system of society. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't really ascribe to that even when he was younger. That's why he was kind of outcast, which is why he became a warrior. At least that's kind of what I vaguely read. And what we know about who's kind of the opposite of him, Chewbacca, very much upholds all of those tenets. And yeah, is like a crazy, you know, rascally fighter and even, you know, helps Han Solo on all these, like, very shady deals. He's very loyal and very 
protective of Han Solo because Han Solo is not his master. Han Solo is the one that freed him, mm-hmm. and he had a life debt to Han Solo. Which is um, a weird yeah. concept. Well, a life debt isn't doesn't just mean you're freed from slavery. It means someone saved you in a right. very dire situation. Because we also have... Um, I can't remember their names right now because I didn't put this down. I didn't think I was going to go into this this much. But in KOTOR, we have the Wookiee and the Twi'lek girl. And the Twi'lek girl saves him. And he owes a life debt. He feels that he owes a life debt to her. And I don't think that was a slave situation. Now, if it was, we need to rethink the entire situation of what a life debt is. Because that's super fucked up. Yeah, I If mean, it's I... just like you owe someone your life because they saved your life, whether it was from slavery or from you about to fall off a cliff or, like, just protecting you. You know what I mean? Like, that might be a little bit different. Um, I don't think... I mean, it's just whatever it, I don't, I would have to look into it a little bit more because I don't want to go into, I don't want this to become a thing that is uh, really fucked up, but it might be, and Mm -hmm. it might need to be fixed. Um, But I'm not entirely sure of the details, but at least in this moment, I thought it was interesting that Chrysanthemum just kind of looked and was like, that's why he didn't stay because I don't think he has any beliefs. He don't hasn't, he doesn't have those beliefs and he's like, oh fuck. Okay, cool. And just walks off. But then, We'll see in him episode, later in the next episode, yeah, but he obviously four. feels very distraught and, like, kind of pissed off. And, like, fighting is unfortunately the only thing he's ever done with his life. Yeah, Wookiees have, it, it seems to me, like, Wookiee ha- culture, even if he doesn't uphold the values of Wookiee culture, he very much has, like, the ideals of th- there's a dedication, right, to yeah. something. Uh, and for, for Black Chrysanthemum, it seems that, like, his dedication is Violence. Like beating the shit out of other things and other Love beings. It. Yeah. Um, His fucking electric knuckle dusters are the coolest things ever. They're really cool. I actually saw a, um, I didn't realize this. I think this was courtesy of Wikipedia on Twitter had said that in, and I think they explained this in the comics that he actually was like modified to have, like heavy weights put into his actual like Oh my like, god, fists. like a fucking Oh, like Wolverine. Yeah. Of. Like, it was, it's really kind of, it's badass, Whoa. but cool, but, um, you know, it's well, like. people are awful. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, he, yeah, he frees Black Chrysanthemum and he just kind of is like, I don't know what this means. He just walks he just off. He goes off. immediately to the bar. He's like, okay, yeah. I'm going to go get some beers. Um, and then we get the Rancor. Which is super exciting, yeah. and even though we said, "Oh, he's not going to reign with fear," we I think we immediately had a three sixty on this opinion because the way that Boba Fett treats this Rancor is the sweetest little thing in the whole world. It's the way he treats his Bantha, like he loves animals, and it's yeah. so cute. Well, and I did want to shout out, and Danny Trejo did a great job as the Rancor. Like, um, I almost said farmer; he wasn't the Rancor farmer. Um, he was the Rancor Keeper is yeah. what he's posted and, as. And I wanted to shout this out. Um, I found this actually once again on Twitter, uh, at, at it's just a random, like, other Star Wars account that, uh, we've encountered at Shalo Ren. Uh, they tweeted out about, I, I didn't realize this about Danny Trejo, but he loves pit bulls and is like a big advocate for pit bulls. Yeah. And so he, you know, talks about how pit bulls are misunderstood and then he gets to, like be yeah, the rancor basically keeper the pit bull and of star about, wars yeah talk about how rancors are misunderstood yeah um, now <laughs> the rancor is still used later on as a 
tool we see in yeah. episode four. Well, but they're like, bred as a tool. I mean, yeah. nothing is born to 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 be the way they are. Just like a pit bull, they are yeah. bred to be that way. You know, it's not really supposed to be ingrained in them. It's something that humans did. Yeah, and we see that. We saw that in. Um, the Bad Batch, yep. right? Like the Bad Batch, there was the 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 Rancor baby was very yeah. like you know, it was very sweet, um, but also just didn't know what it was doing. It was oh, like, he's so cute. Um, I will say just really quickly, plot wise, so it was the twins who gift the Rancor. The oh did, oh, did you say that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, they were there because yeah. the twin. That's the whole situation. Was he was like, oh, you can have this Wookie, and then the Wookie walks off, and they're like, oh, we have this Rancor too, and then. He gives them the rancor. Gives yeah. them the rancor, but but because they said that the, the pikes are coming and war yeah, is coming. Yeah, they're leaving. And they're, and they're like getting out. Which, so this kind of gets, because this is like basically the last thing that happens, right? Mm-hmm. You, we then see Boba. Well, this is a power play from the twins being like, if I gift this guy this, this thing and then he kills all the pikes... Then I could come back and be sure. like, you know, that's that's the way that huts work, you know. Oh, for sure. Like I, they they don't have pure intentions. No. They just want to like save their own asses. But I was gonna say, as far as the episode goes, that's basically like the. Or it's almost the end of the episode because yeah, we have the speed bike chase. We have that the speed was bike thing. chase. Uh, but it's a lot. There's like a lot of random shit in this episode. Yeah, it, it's it, not it, random, but like it it was packed. It was packed. It was very packed. Um, so Boba, like you know embraces the the rancor we get to see that really cool moment literally and then they go off and try to get in touch with the mayor it turns out the mayor has fled mm-hmm. um he finds us out because of the speeder bike chase chasing down um his I'm blanking uh, on his name his assistant it's uh Pascesi is the guy yeah but the twi'lek the twi- yeah his his kind of twi'lek assistant um, he tries to book it out of out of town. The speed bikers chase him down. This is where we have the weird chase sequence yeah. that just didn't really feel that well. It felt. Here's what I'll say. It I felt, also wrote ass as a note because we have I, to go into this. I knew you did. I we knew have you would. to. <laughs> um, I, I will say that this episode in particular, and and it was the speed bike chase that really made me think this. Had very episode, had very uh, prequel trilogy vibes yes, to it. Yes, yes. Um, and I don't know if that was intentional or if it's just Robert Rodriguez's style, because it also felt very, again, Robert Rodriguez. Every episode has a little bit of a prequel trilogy feeling to it. Which is fine. Yeah. Like, I think it's total. I think it's There totally are great fair. moments in the prequel trilogies. Yeah. Um, it just, there was something about kind of like the direction and the art and stuff like that. And I think the shiny speeder bikes really felt that way. They reminded me of... Uh, some of the kind of shiny stuff on Coruscant, right? Like yeah, yeah. from Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. you know, the the very like the Naboo shit or um, the goofy little um animal, like you know, almost running into the 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 bike or sorry, almost running into the yeah. cart with the aliens on it, and you know, all that goofy stuff. There's uh, there's always a moment in every Clone Wars like sequence when they're flashing to the next scene, and before something can happen, there has to be some goofy alien right. doing something. Like, yeah, this episode. In particular, and honestly, like the entire show has very kind of animated vibes to yes. it, and it feels a lot like it feels a lot like the Clone Wars, but like some of the other shows too. Like a lot of the beats, like are very not even comedic, but they have like kind of that like car 
cartoonish timing. Yeah. Um, and and I don't I don't mean that as a pejorative. Like I I kind of like that about it. Yeah, it's it. fine. It, it very much has like a different feel. One of the things I was really afraid of was that we would get into the book of Boba Fett and it was going to feel so much like the Mandalorian. Yeah. And it it has such a different vibe no, from the Mandalorian. It hasn't felt like it really um, at all. Which is really really cool. And again, like it's it's fine for me to for it to take, you know, to take. I don't know if they're intentionally taking inspiration from the prequel trilogy or from the animated series, but, like, it feels like that that is part of it, and I like that about the it. The animated series is part of the prequel trilogy, right. right? So, I mean, they do have the same kind of vibe. Um, but, yeah, yeah, and I was going to say, too, like, even the, the shiny speeder bikes feel like something from, you know, they feel like, I can't remember uh, Padme's ship, but, like, her super fucking sleek ship also it reminded me of han solo's car in solo yes yeah because they're the, kind of young adults at that point yep and they have very similar styles and stuff and mm-hmm. so i felt like it was kind of that it's like yeah like that's just kind of the the style and and what young adults and teens look like and do like they were very similar yeah like he even had like little dice well when you think on about his car like a nice parallel to them would be oh why am i blanking on her name from rebels um, oh shit! Yeah, the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, from and she Rebels. changes her. Yeah, she, she has really so vibrant colors on her art, on her armor, and she does graffiti. And it's so bothering me that I can't remember her name because she's one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. And Starts just... with an S. Sabine. Yes. Sabine. I don't know why I just blanked on. It's okay, Sabine, it's but... been a while since we watched <laughs> it, but yeah, that's exactly the way it is. Yep. Like she has a very cool style about her, and it's the same thing basically. Yep. Um, the last note I have on this episode is ass. <laughs> Because Tommy sent me this picture, and I think we tweeted it. He's so embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> that the Twi'leks Leku looked like a big ass and a thong driving that car in one of the shots. And he was, like, crying. He was laughing so hard. It's very good. It was very funny. It so if you get good. a chance to go back and look at that or find that image, it's really funny. It looks like a big peachy butt yeah. driving <laughs> we'll, the We'll probably, bike. like, fo- dig it up and tweet yeah, it back out. Yeah, it was amazing. I laughed at that for days. Um, so overall, what, what were your thoughts on episode It three? wasn't my favorite episode because there was a lot going on. And yeah. some of the comic, com- not comic, comedic timing some of the cgi threw me off a bit and there was so much that i wasn't expecting that i was a little confused it was fine i liked it i mm-hmm. liked it i still love this show i still really enjoy the story there were some really great moments like one of my favorite moments was obviously the rank war part yeah um there were some really good parts black Santin is still like dope as fuck like but it wasn't my favorite of the three that we've seen so far yeah and i feel i feel the same way honestly i think i didn't i don't mind any of like the nuances and stuff like that again yeah like the cgi stuff like it's kind of whatever i cut it's one of those things where it's like i kind of especially with an episode that feels very prequel era i kind of write it off because i'm like that's how the prequel trilogy was. Not that they did it intentionally, but, you know, whatever. Um, I, I will say that the chase sequence just felt way too slow. Like It was very long. It it was long, but also, like, it felt like... It didn't feel like high stakes, because it just felt like they were <laughs> he going thought really... He was, like, puttering along, and they were like, and their motorcycles. Oops, sorry, the entire... <laughs> are, like, what... I don't know what that's called, but it went all she red because I was screaming. Um, but, like, I'm going to do it again, because I want you to hear it, but... Like, the little speeder bike, which is puttering along, and their bikes were, like, like, just flying after him. And I thought some of the, like, hover bike, like, crashing onto stuff was weird, because it's, it like, you're on a hover bike. Like, it was. Wh- the, 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 what's the word I'm thinking? Not the mechanics, the, 
the physics of that was very weird. Yeah. It was, it, it ultimately, like, it I, was cool, but it was weird. It felt like this weird, it, you know what it felt like to me? Because those things look like mopeds. The car <laughs> that the dude was driving felt like, a jalopy going like 20 miles an hour. That's it, what's weird about it. Felt it felt like this this really slow fucking chase. And it's like, why don't one of you just get off your bike and run after this him? This one was on a motorcycle chasing a jalopy. Like, you, that's exactly what it's Not even a motorcycle, like a freaking moped. Like, legitimately, that's what it felt like to me. And I think that's yeah. what, that's why it felt really off to me. Ultimately, like, it was fine. It just, it just felt too low stakes for me. And also, like, what was the point? They could like, have they immediately just, gotten them. Boba Fett was probably like, guys, why did it take so long? Boba Fett has a jetpack. I know, and at the end, he just used the jetpack. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why? He's what like, was the point suck. of that? Y'all suck. Uh, Why'd y'all do that? But, um, oh, I, but I think that that aside, um, <laughs> that was the that was the part I did. That aside, like. It, like the actual chase, I didn't. Mi- I don't mind the techno kids. Yeah, that didn't bother me. That it was, was the fine. Chase. The mopeds are fine. The chase was just kind of it. I also, I call, I also subscribe to. There was just so much going on, and like, I, I, I'm going back to this because it once we're talking about it it's really disappointing because like they didn't spend any time at all it felt like on the decimation of the tuscan yeah people like like t- maybe five minutes and it just felt like i don't know like it felt they did they did a great job with it don't get me wrong that part was like the the probably my favorite part of the episode was I that i think flashback. they're gonna go back to it i i would be surprised if java doesn't have another flashback about the tuscan raiders it like, just felt like a lot of the like there was very so there was the the tuscan flashback there was the introduction of like the, the capitalism is bad, for, yeah. you know, and like we need stuff to actually, we shouldn't have to be paying for stuff to survive part of it. Mm-hmm. There was like this weird like youth versus, it just felt like there was too much packed into it and they could have split this into like multiple episodes. And maybe it's just because it is a mini series that they had to kind of like throw a bunch of stuff in there. I just wish, also even like the Black Chrysanthemum stuff, that fight sequence could have been a lot longer and ha- been a lot more high stakes because. Yes. I and mean, he's a, gladiator yeah it just it just really it felt like there was too much going on in this episode and it didn't like a lot of stuff didn't get the focus that it deserved yeah the Um, timeline was weird when i was looking at it i was like didn't black chrysanthemum come out or earlier and then i'm like oh wait he was literally just in a flat like in just a quick second of it last time i thought he was there for longer and it made me realize like whoa like black chrysanthemum shows up he tries to assassinate them he gets freed he leaves. I was like, whoa, this is a lot that happens a in this lot. episode. I thought it was stretched over two episodes, but it wasn't. It wasn't. And then even just like the like the moment where the twins kind of like wander Yeah, in, I was like, weren't they just here? It, it so, was so... They're was, leaving now? Like, they were yeah, just got here. Yeah, it felt it felt very rushed. Um, yeah. And I think that like... I think that this... I'll, I, I'll just write it off as like a bridge episode. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's going to be moments like that, but it also... Again, it's it's unfortunate that there's some really cool moments that they just didn't spend as much time as they had to on. I feel like this next episode kind of started that same way, Mm -hmm. uh, to be honest. But to get into it, again, the official description of this one is Boba Fett partners with Fennec Shan, which again is kind of jarring because we've seen her this entire time. So that's confusing. However, as soon as we get into it, this is very poignant. And I just realized this. The beginning of this episode begins with a Mandalorian hint. And the end of it begins with a Mandalorian hint. The Mm. beginning is the desert where we find Fennec and Boba Fett finds her and takes her to the mod parlor. So obviously Fennec is left for dead from the Mandalorian and their situation in the Mandalorian. 
And then he takes him her to a mod parlor. I love this part. I thought this even furthered how cool. Like, again, we have like a tattoo parlor. A mod parlor. Yeah. People like, no not getting kids. probably the medical attention they're supposed to get from other people. So they get it from this mod guy, yeah. you know. Um, I loved it. It was so cool. He had this really neat, like, um, very, the thing is, is that his like arm piece was very Star Wars. Like there was a whole bunch of really weird, funky attachments to it. And it wasn't too techno sci-fi. It was Mm -hmm. very Star Wars sci-fi, which is kind of like kitschy and weird. Um, but then of course he like basically takes out her entire guts and, and makes them robot, which I had no idea. So we get that piece of lore from Fennec, which just makes her even cooler. Which feels like is going to probably be relevant later. Oh, on. absolutely. It has to be. Yeah. I mean, she's, and then she wakes up and she's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And he's like, hey, drink this melon. So that happens. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, drink this melon. Hey, drink this melon. But basically we established that Boba Fett and Fennec, this is what I was looking for, right? I was like, I can't wait to see how they became a thing. Like not a romantic thing but like a they are obviously very close to one another mm-hmm. and trust one another and this is part of it because he brings her back to life and he tells her like you know I'll, I'll pay you to do this one job for me but then you can go on your way and she agrees to that um and so we have a very heavy mandalorian hint at the beginning of this episode and then we move into the point where they go to java's palace um, which is still a flashback. So we're starting in a very long flashback yep. um, in this episode, which honestly felt, uh, felt I've, this whole part, this whole part with them infiltrating Java's palace. And we get into, I put down here the droid that I called traffic light head grievous. Cause he was a chef, but he, his face looked like a traffic light, <laughs> but then he comes out and he has all these arms, which I thought was really cool. So he's like a chef slash, oh, I know how to fight. I'm going to fight you with my machetes. Um, and that was part was very weird because Fennec like slits his throat, but he's a <laughs> droid. These droids felt very human. Yeah. The little rat catcher droid was breathing and panting when he was running. And I was like, why is he breathing? This was another weird cartoony thing that felt... Very weird to me. The, Why was he breathing? I was so confused. Weird bad. And then he, ki- then he turned himself off and killed himself. Yeah. Weird bad because I, actually, I loved this sequence. I thought it was cool, but kind of, I did not like the fact that the droid was breathing. I thought that was weird. <laughs> I but I, maybe it was like a personality thing because some droids just like to, I mean, C-3PO doesn't need to worry and have anxiety, but he does. Like, so, <laughs> you know, and R2-D2 is an asshole. So like uh, all droids have their personality. I'm just assuming that this droid likes to breathe as part of his personality or like that's part of his thing because he's depressed i don't know it's it's again i mean i i loved this sequence Um, i love the traffic light head dude he was cool it was cool i i I love little flavor things like this i also i mean anytime there's like a new droid introduced in star wars it's always just kind of like oh cool what's this like weird niche (laughs) droid gonna do droids are my favorite characters like the fact i did like the rat catcher droid it just was weird that he was breathing the idea that there's a there's a specific droid for catching rats like i just (laughs) that's his life you know that's probably why he was like oh fuck me it's like why wouldn't there be you know we can't pay people like enough money to survive but we can have this rat catcher droid he was cute he was very cute i did not like him i actually did like the sequence i just 
and it caught up on the fact that he was breathing. Yeah, it really frustrated me. <laughs> you are right. It did feel very cartoony. It was very slapstick because, yeah. like, Boba's chasing around. I, like, he gets caught. <laughs> they take care of, like, most of the threats. And then there's this rat catcher droid that's, like, running around. And, and he's obsessed with fighting it. And Fennec's just standing there like, are you really? My, like- that was my favorite. I think that might be my favorite part of the whole episode where he grabs, he grabs a rat catcher droid and he says, I am Boba Fett. And then it just turns <laughs> itself off. And it's like... What? Why? Like, dude, wh- who fucking? Why? Fennec's are you like, telling- are you done? Yeah, it and then Fennec great. is just like, you done? Like, yeah. you're intimidating a tiny droid designed to catch rats. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he was making a lot of noise, so that's probably why Boba Fett was very angry. He was but just like, like oh my god, that- shut up! I love that his response to catching this droid is, "I am Boba Fett." Like, <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Like, it was very much... It was effective, I guess. The... Yeah, it very much... It made, me, it made me think of Boba Fett from The Clone Wars, who yes. was kind of this petulant, like, Just, I am do Boba you know Fett. who I am, yeah. kind of like... Draco Malfoy. Do you know who my dad is? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he literally was Draco Malfoy as a child. Um, my dad. Draco Malfoy with more of a... Reason more of a to reason be to be a, yeah. a shit. Not just because his mom... His Not mom, just because his, his dad, dad is money. rich. And Do you know who my father is? A white supremacist. Yeah, exactly. A little bit cooler than that. Yeah. <laughs> Way cooler than that. Uh, that's so funny. It was weird because I was like, so I took a nap after I woke up this morning because that's what I do. And I had a, like a weird dream sequence about Django Fett and Boba Fett. And like, I don't know. It was like a music video from the 90s. But like, and then they were like, there was like rain. I don't know. It was very weird. But that just reminded me of that. <laughs> anyway, it won't go down that train too far. The next thing that occurs on this that is a total 180 from this very comic moment that is super badass is the fight is like the whole sequence getting back his gunship. And then when he gets the gunship, he finds the Kenton Striders in the desert and just shoots every single one of them. And it was insane and badass and then him and Fennec just sort of nod at each other like yep we took care of it like yeah obliterated justice for the Tuscans like shot them all down immediately it's cool it was cool it but at the same time felt very quick again and, it felt it yeah. didn't feel like it it served justice in quite the way that it should like no because they slaughtered those people and he just cleanly shot them off of bikes and they were dead yeah like i mean it, it, it made sense they're like, dead I'm, so. I'm glad that it happened but it just it still feels like there needs to be more of there needs to be more closure i feel like for the tuscan i hope that they do whether yeah. that's a character returning that survived or something like that and helping out or they some have other to. way they, maybe the child because i don't think they showed the child maybe they did show he's him like burning a, a, a small gaffy stick and people have like Aww. yeah people have like said there, there's like you know people on the internet that were like it doesn't look like but they his, didn't show the body the child i mean i mean that stick. would be weird to show the burning yeah. body but still i, I don't know i again i, I badass that he just is like i got my shit back this is the first thing i'm doing with it yeah fine with me if that child's um, back it would be super dope but i also yeah i just i want there to be some something else to like have the yeah. tuscan and maybe and, and it can be it could be something where it's like how maybe boba like turns over a part of like tatooine to them like and gives them their land back kind that of would be thing. amazing yeah uh, who knows but yeah maybe he ends up betraying all the gangs and just gives all their land back to the tuscan i have a feeling part of me has a feeling my prediction is that the tuscan will that that are there. He there's going to be that's like not retribution. There's going to be. That. I feel like there's going to be a moment where they're like outnumbered by the pikes, and like the Tuscan are just going to come and like clean house. Like that would be the ultimate kind of like retribution for them. Like that would be really fucking cool. 
Don't know if that's going to happen, but I think that that's like a potential direction that they could go. The thing is, is that Boba Fett, as a bounty hunter, is accustomed to helping people. Yeah, is accustomed to helping people kill other people, mostly not for revenge, but because there's money in it. And he understands what killing people can mean for certain people. And what I mean by that is like, I think part of him knows that just killing the Kintons the way he did is not entirely justice for the Tuscans Mm -hmm. because that's his job. He goes out and kills people on a daily basis and he's not, for the most part, I don't think he's killing people on behalf of people that are looking for justice. Right. They're, They're people that are just looking for profit. So I think that he understands that something bigger has to occur. And he's been doing that. He's not, again, he's not just ruling with an iron fist. He's actually helping a lot of the people who need to be helped already. The next thing that Boba does is, again, another stupid thing. Speaking of, like, saying, I am Boba Fett, choking out a rat droid. (laughs) Takes his fucking gunship and points it into the Sarlacc's mouth and goes floating into it. It... (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah. I wish Fennec would have been like, are you stupid? I mean, she kind of did. She was like, you're a dumbass. Why are you doing this? And he's probably like, oh, he's dead. I killed him already. But I think it looked like it was like a baby inside, growing inside of the Sarlacc. But I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't know what it was. But yeah, it was the the whole time I was like, don't. It could have been a whole different animal. It might not have been the Sarlacc. It might have been a parasite growing inside of the Sarlacc, which I think it was. Oh, I don't know. It looked like the Sarlacc to me. It did have a Sarlacc mouth like the face of it did. Again, maybe that's how Sarlaccs are born is that like the babies are a parasite that are who knows. That'd be kind of cool. But anyway, that then, was stupid. Yeah, it, it was a little, <laughs> it was a little confusing. I don't mean like movie direction wise. I mean Boba Fett's stupid. Yeah, it was a stupid decision on his part. It, I will say it was a little confusing to me because they made a big deal about the, a big deal about the the acid. But he just goes in there like willy nilly, and then comes out. I guess maybe that's why he ends up needing. They actually, you know what? They do, that is the whole reason they set up him needing the bactopod because she says like you're you need a need, bactopod you're gonna need a back to bath um back to bath uh <laughs> but it is it is one of those things where he just like goes in without it um and then that's probably what sets up him needing to heal for like forever but it also just felt like a weird thing so I was like did it not would it not just kill him but I guess it's like a slow dissolving mm-hmm. thing you just can't probably escape. doesn't help your completely moisture diminished skin from the sands of Tatooine to put acid in it. Not hyaluronic acid, not silicic acid, but you know, just skincare moment. Star Wars Tatooine tips don't, with don't be putting, you can't, Sarlacc acid is not silicic acid. It's <laughs> not gonna take care of your acne, bro. Yeah, and during that fight sequence, there's a really cool, there's some really cool fight sequence. It's basically... The fire spray. I think it's the fire spray. Spire, fire spray. Fire spray. Fire, fire spray. Uh, the fire spray ship uh, gets getting pulled in and you have Fennec kind of leap into action. <laughs> Shooting she a drops, fucking seismic bomb. She drops a bomb and then they get out. And of course you have like the funny moment of Boba saying, don't touch my buttons. Um, don't touch my buttons. And just, she just gives him this look of like, you're... You're an idiot. <laughs> so stupid. Like, I think part of her realizes, like, you're going to die if I don't stay around. Yeah. Like, there is a really, I will say, I think that there, 
I like their relationship um, because it very much feels like, so we get the moment, I think, really quickly after where they're kind of on the sands at night and, mm-hmm. and he's like saying, like, come work with me. Like, it's going to be it's going to be different. Like, you're not going to be working for kind of the dumb assholes that we worked for before and mm-hmm. killing people that don't need to be killed. Like, it's going to be a different thing. He's like, I promise you something they've never promised you, which is loyalty. I think she starts to kind of have like a realization like Boba has of like this bounty hunting bullshit is it's bullshit. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and he's right about that Um, because she's had like a very sorted, sorted might not be the right storied, storied and sorted past. Right. Like, of you know, and, and taken on jobs that for really shitty people that, you know, she probably didn't have to take. And if and if Boba can, like, figure out this, like, ruling as Daimyo with respect thing and being loyal and providing loyalty, then, you know, then it, then she'll have, like, a better, kind of better situation as well. Mm-hmm. And I think she's, I think that that, you really see her having that kind of realization. And also, too, I think she realizes, like, I kind of owe him my life. You know, not in like a life that sort of way, but no. we do see that in the Mandalorian. She talks, she her, like the introduction, the reintroduction of her in the Mandalorian when <laughs> Boba Fett and Fennec meet up with Din in the Mandalorian. She even says like he saved my life, like kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so there's, I think there is that as well, and that's kind of where like the flashback sort of end, right? Like we get this kind of closure moment of like this is how they were introduced to each other, and then we have to assume that the next piece of that is when they go get his armor back mm-hmm. in the Mandalorian, which is, a you know, not going to happen. We're not going to have that flashback in the show necessarily. But well, before that happens, oh, we have one present moment that happens right before that. Uh, we go back to um, the Twi'lek Cantina and Black oh. Santin is sitting there drinking beer because he just walked out from the desert. And I guess he just gets really angry at these Trandosians who are just like, he's also kind of, I think he's also kind of just annoyed and pissed off about these hierarchy just kind of flopping him around and he's just like you know what am i gonna do with my life i don't know what's going on in this wookie's head but he's just sitting there and he's like i want to fight i want to pick a fucking fight and so he picks it a felt, fight it felt to me and i don't i don't like to like prescribe like mental illness stuff ever but it felt to me like very much like a there's like a triggering like moment for probably. him probably as opposed to like him just being like i'm gonna go get in a fight because he, he's like you see it kind of like ramp up and ramp up and ramp up it was almost kind of like this instinctual thing well he's he... watching these trandosians just like splurge money right. and like drink and just don't give a fuck about anybody else and i think that's part of it is that just he's just sick of these type of people mm-hmm. um and it is triggered by something for sure and it's probably because those are all the types of people that are betting on him yeah it's kind of a analogy for you know this gambling is what they do with his life right. is that like they throw money and they're drinking and having fun and they don't care about what's happening in the on the board they're just pieces in a game and that's what Kersantan has been for so long mm-hmm. and so maybe that's part of it i don't know but either way he gets up love this moment um the twi'lek hostess comes out and is like trying to ameliorate him and is like oh honey like everyone knows that you're the big bad like you don't have to show for it anymore and i think that also makes him very angry he's like 
what you're also just saying that my life is nothing now. You're saying that because I did all this, no one cares anymore and I don't have to, I can relax. And it's like, what do you fucking know about what I've done with my life? And so I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth because this is what I do for characters that don't speak English in, in Star Wars <laughs> or like a language that anybody knows. Um, but it really seems like that. He really seems to get angry. He's like, you're just saying that I'm nothing now too. And Instead, I knew as soon as he picked that Trandosian up, I was like, oh my God, if he rips both arms off, that's going to be great. It'll be a hearkening back to when Han Solo said that Wookiees can rip the arms off a of Gundark, blah, blah, blah. And he gives her, she gives him a moment and she's like, look, you know, I'll pay up your bar tab if you put this guy down. <laughs> and then he rips off the one arm, puts his money down and walks out. And it was so badass. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. And then we have... Boba obviously like watched the whole thing, mm-hmm. um, and he kind of like strolls up. I also loved his line. He was like, "It was worth a shot." Like, yeah. Like, what else were you gonna do? Like, it was great. There was nothing. There was literally nothing else you could do in that moment. Yeah. Like, good job trying. <laughs> yeah. And that's the whole moment where we kind of see his tribe coming together. Right. We have the gang sitting at his table, and he's trying to explain to them like they've you know they've taken all this money from you. I'm gonna get it back. And the gang say, "Well, what?" You know, why Why should we even follow you? And the Rancor... And these are the, gang, like, the other like ruling families, essentially. Yes, these are the Clantuinians, the Trandoshans, and the Aqualish gangs that have been given money by the previous lord, uh, Bib Fortuna, and who have been paying the mayor. And he says, you know, the mayor's, like, tucked tail and left. Like, what? He's taken all your money. Like, come on, guys. And they're not too convinced until the Rancor throws his claw up and scares the shit out of him, which is really cool. And then yeah. Kersantan's sitting there with his gun, like, I'm ready to fuck y'all up too. He has all these people who have a reason to fight for him, and it's not just money, which I think is really important. I think that's really cool. And then, you of course... Do you mean, the like, the the gangs, or do you mean, like, Kersantan No, I mean Kersantan and, and... I mean Kersantan and the kids and the, the Rancor. What, what is the name of the Techno, techno kids? kids? What is their group name? Is there a group name I don't for know. I keep calling them just, like, name. the Techno Kids. I like the techno kids. I think that I think that's fitting. I think that's cool. But um, but yeah, you're right. So so those ha- those people have a reason to fight for him. But the the ruling families are just kind of like, no, you know, we they have nothing to gain from they have him, nothing to gain. They already have everything. And but he also points out later on, you know, because because then his counter offer is like, if you're not going to help me, I only ask that you don't take the pikes up on any offers to like betray me mm-hmm. essentially which who knows they probably will yeah i mean i it'll be interesting to see how that plays out but i think i think the way he explains it later on is like they know like they should they know who the pikes are and we talked about this in our in the first episode where we talked about boba fett like the pikes are set up in at least in the clone wars and i don't i don't necessarily know about like some of the other you know, I know there's like the War of the Bounty Hunters and like all that stuff in, in the comics and stuff um, that we haven't really gotten too, too much into. But I know that the Pikes are like this badass syndicate, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're in in the Clone Wars, like they do a lot of like gnarly shit and they are scary. Like they're set up to be like this scary group. So he kind of talks about how later on, kind of towards the end of the episode, that the the families know would have to know like if they if the pikes start like coming back in and take over boba's territory you know they take over tatooine or whatever like there's not gonna be any place for the families they're gonna get like kind of squeezed out yep and so that's kind of the i think that's kind of the impetus behind his being willing to trust that these other these other groups are gonna stay out of it because 
they they just want they just want someone to take care of it so that they can keep living their lives as they are right now. Yeah. The Pikes aren't going to let them live their lives in the same way, right? Like now maybe Boba won't either, but they have a better chance with Boba probably than the Pikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's very true. And then after that moment, that's when we have the last flashback. We go back to Fennec and Boba, and he has to go get his armor back, which, I don't know. I feel like we might see the Mandalorian again. I think we will. I hope so. I want to see Baby again. I think we'll, I think we'll see them. We will see some, because you mentioned, you mentioned at the start, there was kind of like a Mandalorian flashback. At the end... The music. Spoiler. Yeah. Well, this, well, everything's a spoiler. I don't know what I'm saying. You know what? You're not spoiling anything because some people think they're listening to a DC podcast. So, <laughs> um, so spoiler, Darkseid shows up and Darkseid starts. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, you, you get, and I love when shows do this and it gave me like momentary chills where yes. you get like the Mandalorian theme music like playing over top. So Fennec is like, how much money do we have? And Boba's like. We have plenty of money. Mo- what are you talking about? Uh, we're billionaires. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? We're billionaires. Uh, he's like, credits billionaires. aren't a- Yeah, credits aren't a problem. And, and you know, Fennec is like, there's, there, like, we can hire people, essentially. And then you get the Mandalorian little, the thing that's really cool to me. So I know that Dave Filoni is either writer, director, or both on an upcoming episode. I don't know if it's episode five or episode six. Um, mm, it's probably five. I can't, I can't, I can't remember, but so we have the, I, there's a number of Mandalorians, right? In the Mandalorian. So it's oh, not yeah. just Din. It's some of the folks, uh, that were part of Death Watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the blank, armor. I'm blanking on their names. The, yeah. So it might not be that we see like the Mandalorian come, but I think it's a very high likelihood. Also, I think there's a high likelihood of other bounty hunters Ooh. showing up. I want to see Cad Bane so bad in live action. I think we might get Cad Bane. And I think that might be the episode that Dave Filoni writes. I that will was... vomit and shit at the same time <laughs> in excitement if I see Cad Bane in, real, in live action. Like, holy shit. He's so cool. I want to see him so bad. I mean, we see all the other aliens. I don't think it would be very hard to do a Cad Bane. So, What's hard, I guess, is that Cad Bane... No, I, I, I want to see it. I want to see it. So Dave Filoni co-wrote episode six. Okay. Uh, so that would be not the next episode, uh, but the one after that. So it'll be it'll be really really interesting uh, to see. There, there's gonna be there's gonna be characters in that one that we're not expecting, yeah. uh, or that we're anticipating. I, I mean, they say. gave us Ahsoka and Mandalorian. They have to give us another Clone Wars character. They just have to. Um, so it'll be really cool to see kind of what happens with that. But yeah, the, the, the impetus, I think, being that they're going to try and reach out to the Mandalorian. It'll be really cool to see them kind of back in action again, if that's the case. Um, but who knows? We'll see. We will see. Um, overall, I liked this episode much more than episode three. Yes. I think um, it, it felt just way more cohesive and it didn't feel super rushed. I, I also just liked... I, I mean, Fennec Shand is just such a cool fucking character, and I love getting more of their relationship together and her backstory a little bit. So that was really cool. I also, I also think that there were just like they're just cool moments in like the present day. We didn't have it felt it felt like everything was like more coming together in the way that episode three kind of like just <laughs> tried to throw a bridge together. Um, but it felt more like this was like taking a lot of those ends 
that felt like they were just kind of thrown out there and started like bringing them bringing them in together bringing black chrysanthemum into like into their mix and everything like that who's that one character that i liked at first but now i hate because she's awful in real life from the Mandalorian. Um, anyway, Gina. I know her. The actress is Gina something something. Well, they. I know they canceled her show, right? Yeah. They should make a Fennec Shand show instead. That would be. Cool. I said Hera. Well, no, they didn't. But, they didn't cancel. It's on. It was oh, supposed boo. to be Rangers of the New Republic. She's not a part of it. Um, it's just kind of on back. It, we don't know what's going to happen with that. Ah, at this okay. Point. So maybe that has to be Hera, but it might be, be cool to have a Fennec show too, because that's a character that we literally have no lore for. Yeah. So it'd be kind of interesting to see where she ropes into that. Yep. Um, well, well, we'll probably see. I think we're going to definitely see more of her in Bad Batch. Um, you oh, know, yeah. when that comes back, so mm-hmm. she'll she's going to show up. I'm sure we'll see in Mandalorian because because again, Book of Boba Fett is kind of like it's not it's kind of a spinoff of the Mandalorian. It's it's all in the same continuity, but, but not it's, entirely. It's only it's it's my understanding is it's only supposed to be this one season. So yeah. there's there's opportunity for other stuff, mm-hmm. you know, to to happen. So that's good. Well, I think that's it for today's episode. Do we want to? You go? always do this. I think that's just how we're gonna do this part. Is I'm gonna try to end the show. That's it for today's episode. Do you want to do this other thing? Yeah, uh, let's I do. go. Let's go beyond the outer room. We can be, we, we, we can be quick. What do you do? You got anything? I got something. If you don't got something, I feel like I did, but I can't think of it right now. So go ahead. Uh, so my something. It's always it's always video game related. Um, I have been finally, finally, finally. They re released a while ago. Super Mario 3D World uh, on the Switch. Which is, and when they did that, they also included, it was Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Originally, 3D World was only on the Wii U. We picked it up a while ago. We started playing it together, and then we just kind of, like, left it. I played it on my own a lot, and I kind of left it, but I kind of, I've gone back to re to replay through all of it, and I'm trying to, like, unlock everything, and uh, it's just a really cool, I love platformers. Like, I love, especially, like, Mario platformers, and this might be, like, one of my favorite ones. There's a lot of, like, there's a lot of stuff about it I don't like, like the camera kind of sucks sometimes, uh, but it's kind of part of it. But it doesn't feel like I've never been a huge fan of. Well, let me say it this way. The 3D Mario platformers haven't been like my favorites necessarily. I haven't played Odyssey. I'm pretty sure I'll love that. Um, but like 64, Sunshine, Galaxy, Galaxy's great. Um, they're like, I they're good, but like they're not my style of stuff. And this feels closer to like. 2d mario platforming than it does like a true 3d mario game um anyway i've been playing a ton of that and then also obviously pokemon uh legends of arceus arceus i don't know which way you're supposed to say it uh arceus arceus i'll say it every single way just so that i get it right uh that comes out uh the same week that this episode will drop so and i have the day off to play that yeah so excited that's very exciting. That, We're going to have mine. to try to take turns, which is always hard when we get games that we both want to play. Good luck. <laughs> Usually we just get separate consoles and we're like, fuck it, we're just going to play this because we know we're both we, going to play it so we much. We might have to do that. Honestly, it, I've been thinking about it. But that's it for today's episode. You can find us on Twitter. We're at Distant Echoes SW, or you can find each of us individually. Tommy, where are you located in this galaxy? On, on planet Earth, I am... I am on Twitter, the Twitter of Earth, at Awkward Karma. <laughs> and I am Cassie Thulu. Turn in next time. Turn in. 
Turn, turn in, in next tune time. Tune in, turn on, tune, drop out. Yeah, tune in next time when we talk about whether or not Max Rebo will join Boba Fett's tribe. Hit it, Max. Max.